Hi folks, this is Pastor Jennifer from Bryan Community Church here in Bryan, Texas. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. If you are returning, I'm so glad that you have. Uh, we are a new church plant here in the great Lone Star state of Texas. And uh, I encourage you to check us out as we begin this journey to reach people for Jesus here in our community and really all over the world. You can visit us on briancommunitychurch.org or we are also on Facebook and Instagram. And so what I'd like to do is just share with you um, over the, the week uh, through social media, uh, just some, some things that God has placed in my heart, uh, messages that I have shared with my local congregation, and I hope and pray that this would be helpful to you as well. Uh, and so um, if you wonder what I'm doing uh, with my hands over here, it's often uh, shuffling my notes and some paperwork. Uh, but on here, I have written down some things that... Uh, that I'd like for you to just think about. Um, this past Sunday, I preached on the Good Samaritan. You might be familiar with this story. In fact, many people around the world are. And maybe you knew this, maybe you didn't, but actually there are a number of countries worldwide who actually have the Good Samaritan law. And, and so this is a scripture that is passed on uh, from generation to generation, whether you are a religious person or a non-religious person. Heck, even my daughter came home from school one day and said, hey mom, guess what I learned about today? And she talked about the Good Samaritan. And uh, I just thought that was fascinating uh, considering that I sent her to public school. Go school teachers, thank you for all you do. Um, but first, before we get into the actual passage itself, I want to share with you um, a TED talk or a little bit of a TED talk that um, I discovered one night. I wasn't able to sleep. And so what do I do? I, um, I often grab my phone and scroll. Now they say that you probably shouldn't do this, so I do not advise it, but it became helpful to me as I prepared for this message. And I came um, across a, a TED talk by Johan Harry. Uh, it was entitled, Everything You Think You Know About Addiction is Wrong. And so um, I encourage you to, to go online. You can, can Google it. You can YouTube it. Go on to TED Talk. Um, but he basically was talking about uh, this Canadian researcher who went home and, um, you know, re uh, re-experimented with rats. Now, follow me here. I promise you there's a message um and a connection to the gospel as I share this with you. Uh, but um, Dr. Alexander, he was from Vancouver, Canada, and uh, he took a, a rat, stuck it in a cage, and fed it two different types of water. Uh, the first was just plain, normal, healthy water that you and I would um, certainly uh, do ourselves good if we drank more of probably throughout the day. Uh, but the second bottle of water, it was laced with, uh, with a drug. I believe it was heroin, if not heroin or cocaine. And so uh, Dr. Alexander, he observed this rat and he watched what it did. And um, instead of going to the healthy water, he would go over to the, um, the water laced with the drug. And over and over again, what had taken place is the rat would overdose and he would lose um, he would lose these animals. So then he started thinking about it and he tried something different. This time, um, he recreated the experiment only putting, 
more than just one rat in a cage, but multiple rats in a cage, uh, created a, a rat paradise, if you will, um, put in tunnels, put in wheels, put in all kinds of cheeses. And so he also, again, put two different types of water, the first kind of fresh bottle of water uh, that was healthy for any of the rats to consume. But then the second bottle of water uh, was laced with a drug. And Dr. Alexander, he noticed something in rat paradise. While some of the rats would go and drink from the water with laced with, with drugs, um, it didn't continue to go back over and over again like the first experiment. Instead, uh, the rat tended to go to the healthy water and not once did he lose a rat to a drug overdose. So what's the difference? And I'm gonna uh, give you a little taste of what is to come and I'll, I'll summarize this later at the end. Um, but the difference was that the rat that did not overdose and that drank the healthy water, he was surrounded by buddies. He had purpose, he had things to do, and thus he did not overdose. I promise you there's a connection to the gospel in here somewhere. But first, I want you to take that story, place it to the side, and we are going to take a look at the Good Samaritan um, story found in Luke chapter 10. So let me grab my Bible because it's not close enough to me. You can see behind me, I'm gonna be moving soon. So I have lots of boxes here and all over my house. But let me read to you the parable of the Good Samaritan. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Well, what is written in the law? Jesus replied. How do you read it? The man answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You answer correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him pass by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense that you may have. Now which of these do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. So what can we learn from this passage? Well, first of all, here we have an expert of the law. He would have been an expert in understanding the Torah. What's the Torah? As Christians, we say that it's the first five books of the Bible. Uh, for Jewish believers, this is the encounter that um, they have of who God is, the creation of God, and the commands that God has given them. And so this man should have very easily known what uh, the, the law had said. Um, 
he should have easily known what it meant to to love and to care for one's neighbor. But for whatever reason, he, he approached Jesus, and we don't know if, if this was out of skepticism of who Jesus was or perhaps just conversation. We will never know the, the way in which this dialogue um, was meant. But he answered after Jesus said, you know, he said, or excuse me, let me start over. But the man asked Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life or receive everlasting life or true life? And then Jesus turns the question on him. Uh, he knows that um, this man before him knows the Torah. And so uh, the man answers, well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus affirms him, yes, absolutely. You answer correctly. And then the man continues to dialogue with Jesus. But just who is my neighbor? And so Jesus goes on and tells this parable. A parable is a story in which uh, Jesus can convey a particular message, a particular lesson. So Jesus tells this story. And in the story, we have uh, two men that uh, would qualify as not a neighbor, the Levite and the priest, which ironically um, would be surprising to anyone listening to this story. Why? Because the Levite and the priests, they too knew the Torah and they knew God's commands and they knew that God had commanded uh, them to love as they would have found in the book of Leviticus and Deuteronomy. The only thing is these religious men, they left the hurting man alone on the side of the road to fend for himself. This is really disappointing because you would think that these religious people who knew God's word would have seen him and have gone to help. Instead, they saw him and walked by. And then there was a Samaritan. Now this would have gotten people's attention, particularly if the audience was a Jewish audience. The Samaritan, who was a Samaritan, well, he was one of those people he was disliked by the Jews for centuries. The Jews and the Samaritans, they didn't get along. They had disagreements over the proper place of worship. They had disagreements over uh, cultural differences. Um, and this dated back for many, many years, hundreds of years to be exact. And so Jesus bringing uh, a Samaritan into this conversation, this would have been um, kind of shocking, especially knowing that this Samaritan became the hero in the story. Jesus kind of likes doing those things. Isn't it uh, interesting how God um, tends to keep us on our toes with the message that he wants us to hear? And so we are told, and then the Samaritan of all people, one of those people, the ones we typically don't like, or the Jews wouldn't have liked, the Samaritan saw the man along the side of the road. He stopped, he listened, he helped bandage his wounds. And we don't know where this Samaritan was traveling to. We don't know what was on his agenda for the day, but he stopped what he was doing to love as God had commanded him to love. He took time, he took the man to get help, and he even invested in him. He left with him money and resources so that he could continue to heal. So who is, the, who is thy neighbor? <laughs> well, it's the one who has compassion on the hurting and the broken. 
Now, brothers and sisters, I think it's interesting because this story is often memorized by people, right? We can quote um, this story, we can quote the scripture, but it really doesn't become effective until we live it out. So going back to the man's question, how do you inherit eternal life? Well, you live out your faith. You practice what you preach. As Bryan Community Church, we put those into words such as love God, love neighbor, and share hope with them. You see, our faith is more than the ability to memorize a piece of passage. It's, it's more than our ability to defend scripture. We could argue all day our faith, but until we actually put it into practice, it really means nothing. Eternal life means nothing if we're not willing to do as God has created us to do, as he has commanded us to do, as he has shown us so graciously to do. Eternal life depends on our willingness to see the broken, to see the hurting, to go over and help those who are lonely or downtrodden, who are sick or pushed to the side, maybe on the margins. Eternal life, that's faith in action. Loving God, loving people, sharing hope. But who more specifically? Let me see if I can um, stir your hearts a little bit. Put this into real life practices. How about the men and women who are worried about everyday challenges of life? Maybe that's even you and you need to ask for help. Maybe it's uh, a new parent wondering how in the world they are going to parent. Or maybe someone asking, well, what's the next career step for me? Or how are these bills gonna get paid? Or someone who has had a traumatic event take place in their life. Perhaps they're on the metaphorical ditch sitting on the side of the road who else can we help how about somebody who's overcoming the physical difficulties of life healing after surgery overcoming cancer or undergoing some kind of cancer treatment or recovering from an accident or those who are climbing out of the valleys of life because let's just be honest this happens somebody who's going through a divorce or a breakup Maybe they're trying to overcome addiction or depression or overcome suicidal thoughts. Brothers and sisters, this makes this parable real. There's a lot of hurting in our world. And so who is our neighbor and how do we be a neighbor? It's by putting our faith into action, loving God, loving people, and giving hope. And so if we read this story, we can find ourselves in it. The challenge is to make sure that we are not the Levite or the priest, that we don't walk by, that we are not too busy with our schedules, or that we instead see that there is a need, yet shut our eyes to pretend that it doesn't exist. Maybe it's something that we should wrestle with today and over the weeks to come. But I also want to go back to the the rat story, if you will, to remember the, the rat that... Um, that didn't make it in a cage all by himself versus the rat who had all that he needed and more had family little friends food shelter purpose well that can translate into to real life uh, another study that was shared in this ted talk was a study uh, of of addictions 
and crime in Portugal back in 2000. So, and again, the TED Talk does it so much better. But let me tell you the short story. So in Portugal in 2000, um, their drug usage was at the all-time high. Their crime was at the all-time high. And the prime minister got together a group of doctors and scientists and said, look, we have to do something about our communities. We have to do something about these statistics. And so the doctors and the scientists, um, they went and they kind of studied the problem. And uh, what they decided to report to the prime minister and to suggest for the prime minister to do was this. Instead of putting these addicts um, away, shaming them, putting them in jail, incarcerating them, they said, you know what, instead, uh, we are going to keep some of the rehab programs, keep some of those, but a lot of the money that you're spending on incarceration, instead, I want you to um, use that money to invest in these men and women who are struggling with addiction, who are using drugs. And instead of putting them away, invest in them, find them a place where they can, they can have purpose where they can have men and women pour into them. And so actually the government uh, ended up giving money to employers to help pay the salaries of these addicts who basically needed help. And um, what they noticed is that when they put them in a community, when they gave them purpose, uh, when they gave them a new opportunity to start over and to show that there were other people in their communities who cared about them, something incredible happened. The addiction rate, it went down. Crime, it went down. Hope, it went up. So do you see why I am sharing this with you? And this is not me saying that, uh, that, that we need to have a, a conversation about incarceration, although I'm sure that is another conversation for another time and place. But I think what is so fascinating fascinating about the story of the rats and then the story of um, the men and women in Portugal, as well as this Samaritan story, is that where life is found is in community. It's around people who choose to love and care for one another. And you know what, brothers and sisters, it's not always easy. It's hard. It's also time consuming. And it also takes resources. But yet, we really want to think about it isn't that what Christ did for us he invested in us he saw that each and every one of us was in a metaphorical ditch and he didn't pass by he didn't leave us there instead he came to us he stayed with us and he worked with us and he waited with us and maybe you were still in that metaphorical ditch. I want you to know that Christ's there. He's coming to you. And he's waiting with you. And he's offering hope. This is the gospel. This is the good news. This is why we share the hope and love of Christ with the world. So that you might find the hope and love of Christ. Because he doesn't leave you. And he calls us not to leave others either. So I pray that you hear the good news and you know the good news. Thanks for joining us on behalf of Bryan Community Church.